This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 20th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Short-term health insurance is exempt from almost all federal regulation, so why are these plans under threat? You can blame competitors that do face more federal regulation. Plaintiffs in a new federal lawsuit want these plans effectively to go away. That would harm consumers, according to Cato's Michael Cannon. We discussed the case and what it might mean for insurance coverage. So the Cato Institute recently filed an amicus brief in a case called Association of Community Affiliated Health Plans v. Treasury. That's a very boring name for a very interesting case. It's a case brought by some health plans that uh, uh, participate in the Affordable Care Act's exchanges uh, in order to overturn a rule that the Trump administration uh, issued in 2018 that grants much more flexibility to these plans' competitors. See, what happened was, even though Congress created the Affordable Care Act in 2010 and enacted all these health uh, insurance regulations that are supposed to make health care more affordable and uh, improve uh, the quality of health insurance and so forth, uh, these regulations are very expensive. Uh, Congress left in place an exemption from all federal health insurance regulation that had been on the books for you know t- more than 20 years. Uh, for something called short-term limited duration insurance. This is a category of health insurance that is totally exempt from federal health insurance regulation. And uh, people noticed after the Affordable Care Act took effect that a lot of consumers were trying to avoid the Affordable Care Act's very expensive regulations by purchasing short-term plans that cost maybe 50, maybe 70% less, that had broader uh, uh, networks of hospitals and doctors because precisely because it was exempt from all of these regulations. The Obama administration tried to really crush this, this market and force people into uh, the ACA plans by limiting the maximum duration of short-term plans from 12 months down to three months. And then the Trump administration basically undid that and said that not only can you have a short-term plan that lasts up to 12 months, you can buy one of these more affordable plans that could go, uh, it could last, the initial contract could last up to 36 months and uh, even longer so that these short-term plans really create a, a, a free market in health insurance that can provide long-term insurance protection and an, a free market alternative to the Affordable Care Act and all of its regulations. And the Plaintiffs in this case are asking the courts to revert to the Obama rule, really to shut down their competitors uh, and uh, and and steer more patients into their own plans to increase their revenues. And and the most interesting thing, uh, uh, from my perspective, is not even that rent-seeking angle where they're trying to use the government to quash their competitors, but they're these health plans are literally trying to get the courts to hurt consumers in order to drive consumers into their own health plan. So uh, with respect to these short-term limited duration insurance plans, STLDI, not a great acronym, but in a town not that very catchy, prides no. itself on great acronyms, um, what, what have been some of the changes that have been made to those plans since Obamacare was uh, enacted? So as I, as I mentioned, when Obamacare took effect, you could buy a short-term plan that would last up to 12 months. And this is really important that it lasts up to 12 months because, as you probably know, Obamacare's pre-existing conditions provisions 
prohibit people from purchasing health insurance for most of the year, except under special circumstances. You cannot buy health insurance outside of a well, about a six-week window at the end of the year with that coverage taking effect January 1st. So if you miss that window and January 1st or February 1st rolls around and you want to buy health insurance, you cannot buy an ACA plan. The ACA is essentially rationing health insurance and rationing care to you by saying, no, we're not going to sell you health insurance. But you could buy an, afford, uh, an affordable short-term plan that would last up to 12 months. So that would take you from, say, February 1st all the way to January 1st of the following year so that if you got sick between February and, and the next year, you would have continuous coverage until you could enroll in an ACA plan. What the Obama administration did was they said, we know that people are trying to avoid Obamacare's hidden taxes by enrolling in this short-term market. We are going to prevent them from doing that by shortening the maximum term of these short-term plans from 12 months down to three months. So you could no longer buy a short-term plan that would take you through to when you could enroll in an ACA plan. And this caught a lot of consumers uh, uh up in a in, in in a in a really horrible situation. One of them was a, a 61-year-old woman in Phoenix named Jean Balvin. Uh, Jean Balvin uh, looked at the ACA. She she didn't have employer-sponsored insurance. She wanted to buy coverage. She looked at the ACA plans. They were too expensive. Expensive. She couldn't afford them. She found a short-term plan uh, that provided comparable coverage to an ACA plan and cost one third as much. So she enrolled in this short-term plan and. It's good for her that she did because she was soon admitted to the hospital for emergency surgery for diverticulitis. Her health plan paid the entire cost of the hospitalization minus a $2,500 uh, deductible, and, uh, and then she was discharged. Her plan then expired because the three months was up, and she renewed it, got another plan. And, but then when she was readmitted to the hospital two more times... Uh, for complications from the surgery in her diverticulitis, uh, the she bought even though she renewed the or bought a new plan with uh, the same plan from the same insurance company. The insurance company denied coverage for those subsequent two hospitalizations, saying that they were uh, related to a pre-existing condition, her diverticulitis, and that left her with almost a hundred thousand dollars in unpaid medical bills because the the insurance company said we can't cover that. Now. A very superficial analysis would look at this and say, well, that's just insurance companies being greedy and denying people care, as they always do. But what really happened to Gene Balvin was uh, the Obama administration threw her out of her health plan and left her with unpaid medical bills that, sh that would have been insured if the Obama administration had just left her alone. She could have bought a plan that lasted 12 months, covered her all the way to the ACA's next open enrollment period. And covered not just her first hospitalization, but her second and her third hospitalization as well. But it was because the Obama administration shortened the maximum term of these plans to three months that it, by regulation, cast her out of her health insurance, uh, turned what was an insured condition, her diverticulitis, into an uninsured and uninsurable pre-existing condition, left her with no coverage for months and months and about $100,000 in unpaid medical bills. And this not only something that was happening to people under the Obama rules, but it is what the plaintiffs in this case want to inflict on consumers who choose their competitors' products. They want the courts to say to the Gene Balvins of the world, we are going to deny you coverage and we're going to deny you care in order to benefit 
the plaintiffs in this case. And uh, Fortunately, the plaintiffs lost at the district court level. The Cato Institute filed an amicus brief before the uh, U.S. Uh, uh, dis, uh, circuit Court for the uh, D.C. Circuit, uh, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, and uh, hopefully that court will reach the same conclusion as the district court. So uh, it's well understood uh, by people who've studied the Affordable Care Act. It's in its massive page count that there are lots of giveaways to executive agencies in terms of making the rules. Um, is, is that a part of this? Is, is there the, the regulations governing short-term plans part of the delegations uh, by Congress to HHS? No, it's not. In fact, the ACA didn't do anything to short-term plans, increase, decrease the agency's authority over uh, this exemption from federal regulation. Uh, Congress left in place uh, the rules that the Clinton administration put in place, saying that short-term plans could last up to 12 months. Uh, uh, Congress expressed no dissatisfaction with these rules at all uh, until and and still hasn't. It, it, it wasn't until 2016 that the Obama administration noticed, after almost two years of experience with the Affordable Care Act, that uh, that that. The Affordable Care Act was sufficiently unpopular with consumers that uh, consumers who were having a hard time affording ACA plans were taking refuge in these short-term plans, like Gene Balvin. And they recognized that this was a problem, that the ACA, in order to prevent uh, the pre-existing conditions provisions in that law from causing insurance markets to collapse, they need to coerce, force, cajole a certain number of Consumers into that market, or else you know it's not going. It's it's not going uh, to work. The markets will collapse. Uh, so the Obama administration uh, issued a new rule where it said the maximum term of short-term plans can only be three months, uh, and they did that even though state insurance regulation regulators begged them not to do so because the National Association of Insurance Commissioners said that. Uh, Patients will fall into this trap that Gene Balvin fell into. They will buy a short-term plan when they're healthy, they will get sick, and then they will lose their short-term plan, and they will not be able to re-enroll or enroll in an ACA plan for months and months. They'll be left with um, unpaid medical bills. They'll face potential bankruptcy, potential denial of care. Um, and, uh, and so the Obama administration really went out on a limb here. And it's telling, you know, just how that that the, that the people who are trying to revert to that rule are uh, ins insurance companies that participate in the ACA and are afraid of losing business uh, to a what is really a free market alternative to their product. The essential point that you're making here is that in order for the Affordable Care Act to function the way the designers of the Affordable Care Act want it to work there can be no choices that are outside of the Affordable Care Act. That's correct. Uh, because if you give people a choice, then people who don't want to uh, pay the Affordable Care Act's hidden taxes will opt for the lower cost alternatives, such as a short-term plan. And, uh, you know, the people who sell these Affordable Care Act plans, they really believe the consumers will be better off in their plans. They really believe they're offering a better product. But if that's what they believe, 
then the, the way to test that belief is to let consumers choose between an ACA plan and a short-term plan or what you might call a, uh, a term renewable health insurance plan and let the market decide. Let consumers decide with, uh, uh, w- with the choices that they make. Uh, the, the way to answer that question or the way to test that belief is not to get the government to decide it for you by crushing your competitors and punishing consumers who have the temerity to choose your competitors' products rather than yours. One other lesson that we can draw from, uh, from this case is what is likely to happen uh, under a uh, a lot of the proposals for a public option that we hear where the government will create a health insurance plan that will compete in the Affordable Care Act's exchanges against the plans offered by private insurers. I think this case makes it pretty clear that people who favor a, a, a government-directed approach are, are not going to allow for a level playing field between their approach and competing or free, mar- free market alternatives. We have a free market alternative to the Affordable Care Act right now. It's called short-term plans or renewable term health insurance. And the people who sell uh, Affordable Care Act plans are doing everything they can to destroy, to use government to destroy that competition. If you introduce a public option into the exchanges, well, then advocates of a public option will do everything they can to favor that plan and destroy the private health insurance companies that are offering ACA plans until there there is no more choice in health insurance. And as uh, uh, former mayor, uh, former South Bend mayor Pete Buttigieg says, we'll be on a glide path to a single payer system where people have only one choice, and that is a government plan. Michael Kanner directs health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>